on and welcome to another episode of Warrior Cats the series. I'm your host Sharpstar. Today we will be reading the third book of Warrior Cats. Um and yeah, let's get on with the show. The prologue of Warrior Cats. Uh, of what is this called? Oh, yeah, Forest of Secrets. Cold gripped the forest, fields, and moorland like an icy claw. Snow covered everything, glittering faintly under a new moon. Nothing broke the silence in the forest except an occasional soft rush of snow sliding from branches of trees and the faint grasping of dried reeds when the wind swept through them. Even the murmur of the river was still by the ice that stretched from the bank, bank to bank. There was a flicker of movement at the edge of the river. A large tomcat, his bracken-colored fur fluffed up against the cold, emerged from the reeds. He shook snow impatiently from his paws as he sank into the soft drifts with every step. In front of him, two tiny kids struggled forward with a faint muse of distress. They floundered in the powdery snow, the fur on their legs and belly matted into icy clumps. But every time they tried to stop, the tomcat nudged them on. The three cats trudged along the river until it widened out, and they drew level with a small island not far from the bank. Thick beds of reeds surrounded it, their dry stems poking up through the ice. Stunted, leafless willow trees concealed the center of the island behind the snow-covered box. Almost there, the bracken-colored tom meowed encouragingly. Follow me. He slid down the bank into a narrow, frozen pathway through the reeds and leaped onto the dry, crisp earth of the island. The bigger of the two kits scrambled after him, but the smaller one collapsed on the ice and crouched there, mewing pitifully. After a few moments' pause, the tomcat jumped down beside it and tried to nudge it to its paws, but it was too exhausted to move. The tomcat gave its its ears a lick, roughly comforting the helpless scrap, and then picked it up by the scruff of it. scruff of the neck and carried it onto the island beyond the willow trees was a stretch of open ground broken by bushes snow covered snow covered the earth here crisscrossed by the paw marks of many cats the clearing seemed deserted but bright eyes gleamed from the shelter watching the tomcat as he led the way to the largest clump of the bushes of of bushes and through the outer wall of a tangle of tangled branches the icy chill of the air outside gave way to warmth uh, of the nursery and the smell of milk in the deepest nest of moss and heather a gray she-cat was suckling a single uh, tabby kit she raised her he- head as the tomcat drew closer and gently set down the kit he was carrying. The second kit staggered into the nursery behind him behind him, and tried to scra- scrabble its way into the nest. Oakart, beamed the she-cat. What have you got there? Kits, Graypool, Oakart replied. Will you take them? They need a mother to look after them. But Graypool's amber eyes were shocked. Whose kits are they? 
They're not from river clans. Where did you get them? I found them in the for- forest. Okart did not meet the she cat's eyes as he spoke. They were lucky a fox didn't get them first. In the forest? Meowed the queen, her voice rasping with disbelief. Okart, don't tell me, don't talk as to me as if I'm mouse-brained. But cat would abandon her kits in the forest, especially in weather like this. Okart shrugged. Rogues, maybe, or two legs. How would I know? I couldn't leave them here, could I? Leave them there, could I? He knows the smaller kit, which was lying completely still except for the rapid rise and fall of his tiny ribs as he as it breathed. Graypool, please, your other kits died, and these will die too unless you help them. Graypool's eyes clouded with pain. She looked down at the two kits. Their tiny mouths gaped pink as they mewed pitifully. I have plenty of milk, she murmured, half to herself. Of course, I'll, I'll take them. Okart puffed out his bre- puffed out of his breath in a sigh of relief. He picked up the first first one kit and then the other and laid them next to Gray Graypool. She nudged them gently in, into the curve of her belly next to her own kit, where they began to suckle eagerly. I still don't understand, Graypool meowed when they were settled. Why would two kids be alone in the forest in the middle of the leaf bear? Their mother must be frantic. The bracken-colored tom prodded a piece of moss with one massive front paw. I didn't steal them, if that's what you're thinking. Graypool looked at him for a long moment. No, I I I don't think you did. She mewed at last, but you're not telling me the whole truth, are you? I've told you all you need to know. No, you haven't. Graypool's eyes flashed with anger. Anger. What about their mother? I know what it's like to lose kids. Oh, Cart. I, I wouldn't wish that kind of grief on any cat. Elkhart lifted his head and glared at her, a faint growl coming from the depths of his throat. Their mother is probably some rogue cat. This is not the weather to go looking for her. But Elkhart, just take care of these kits, please. The bracken-colored Tom sprang to his paws and turned abruptly to push his way out of the nursery. I'll bring you some fresh kill, he meowed over his shoulder as he as he left. When he had gone... Graypool bent her head over the kits, rasping her tongue over their fur to warm them. The melting snow had washed away most of their scent. Through gray, Paul could still make out the odors of the forest of dead leaves and frostbitten earth. And there was something beneath that, fainter still. Graypool paused in her her looking. Had she really sensed that, or was she imagining things? Dipping her head again, she opened her mouth to breathe in the kit's scents. Her eyes grew wide, wider, and she stared unblinkingly into the dark shadows that edged the nursery. She was not wrong. The fur, fur these two motherless kits, who or whose organs Ocart refused to explain, unmistakably carried the scent of an enemy clan. And that is the end of prologue. Uh, we'll take a quick break and read chapter one. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome back from the break. Now we will read chapter one. It's pretty long, but I think we can do it. Um, also, I am sorry for not uploading um last week um i had a cold and it sounded really congested so um 
I wasn't able to post without sounding like <laughs> but um yeah now we can read chapter one the icy wind worlds whirled snow into Fireheart's face as he struggled down the ravine toward the ThunderClan camp. The mouse he had just killed gripped firmly in his jaws. The flakes were falling so thickly that he could scarcely see where he was going. His mouth watered as the prey scent of mouse filled his nostrils. He hadn't eaten since the previous night, a grim sign of how scarce prey was in Leaf Bear. Hunger clawed at his belly. But Fireheart would not break the warrior code. The clan must be fed first. A glow of pride a glow of pride briefly drove off the chill from the snow that matted his flame colored coat. As Fireheart remembered the battle that as Fireheart remembered the battle that had taken place only three days before. He had joined the other ThunderClan warriors to help support one clan when the Moorland cats were attack- attacked by, other- by the other two clans in the forest. Many cats had been injured in that battle, so it was even more important for those who could still hunt to bring home prey. As Fireheart pushed his way through the gorse tunnel leading into the camp, he dislodged snow from the spiky branches above, and he flicked his ears as the old, as the cold clumps, lumps fell on his head. The thorn trees around the camp gave some shelter from the wind, but the clearing in the center of the camp was deserted. All the cats preferred to stay in their dens to keep warm when the snow would lay thick, lay this thick. Broken tree stumps and the branches of a fallen tree poked above the covering of, a, of snow. A single line of paw prints cro- crossed from the apprentice's den to the bramble thicket where the kids were cared for. Seeing the trail, Fireheart could not help remembering that he was without an apprentice now, since Cinderpaw had been injured, in the, injured beside the Thunderpath. Trotting across the snow to the heart of the camp, Fireheart dropped his mouse onto the pile of fresh kill near the bush where the warriors slept. The pile was pitifully small. Such prey as could be found was thin and scrawny, hardly a mouthful for a famished warrior. There would be no more plump mice until New Leaf, and that was many moons away. Fireheart was turning away, ready to go back on hunting duty, when a loud meow sounded behind him. He whirled around. Shouldering his way out of the warrior's den was the clan deputy, Tigerclaw. Fireheart. Fireheart padded through the snow toward him, respectfully lowering his head, but conscious that the huge tabby amber eyes burned into him. All his misgivings about Tigerclaw flooded through him again. The deputy was strong, respected, and an outstanding fighter, but Fireheart knew there was darkness in his heart. You don't need to go out hunting again tonight, Tigerclaw growled as Fireheart approached. Blue Star has chosen you and Graystripe to go to the gathering. Fireheart's ears twitched with excitement. It was an honor to accompany the clan leader to the gathering, where all four clans met in peace at the full moon. You had better eat now, added the dark-coated deputy. We leave at moonrise. He began to stalk across the clearing toward the high rock, where Blue Star, the clan leader, had her den. 
Then he paused and swiveled his massive head to look back at Fireheart. Just make sure you remember which clan you belong to at the gathering, he hissed. Fireheart felt his fur bristle as anger flared inside him. What makes you say that, he demanded boldly. Do you think I would be disloyal to my own clan? Tigerclaw turned to face him, but Fireheart tried not to flinch at the menace in the cat's tense shoulders. I saw you in the last battle. The deputy's voice was a low was a low growl, and his ears were flatted against his head as he spat. I saw you let that river clan warrior escape. Fireheart winced, his mind flashing back to the battle in the Wind Clan camp. What Tigerclaw said was true. Fireheart had all had all Fireheart had allowed a river clan warrior to flee without a scratch, but not out of cowardice or disloyalty. The warrior had been Silverstream. Unknown to the rest of the clan, Fireheart's best friend, Graystripe, was in love with her, and Fireheart could not bring himself to wound her. Fireheart had done his best to talk to, uh, talk his friend out of visiting Silverstream. Their relationship went against the warrior code and put them both in grave j- danger, but Fireheart also knew that he, had, he would never betray Graystripe. Besides, Tigerclaw had no right to accuse any cat of disloyalty. He had stood on the edge of the battle, watching while Fireheart fought, his, fought, fought for his life against another River Clan warrior, and turned away instead of helping him. And that was not the worst a- accusation Fireheart could make against the deputy. He suspected Tigerclaw of murdering the former Thunder Clan deputy Redtail, e- and even planning to get rid of their leader. Uh, get rid of their leader herself. Yeah. Hold on. Give me a sec, guys. Yeah. If you think I'm disloyal, tell Bluestar. He he meowed challengingly. Tigerclaw drew back his lips in a snarl and dropped into a half-crouch, sliding out his long claws. I don't need to bother Bluestar, he hissed. I can deal with a kitty pet like you. He stared at Fireheart for a moment longer. Fireheart realized with a jolt there was a trace of fear as well as distrust in the blazing amber eyes. Tigerclaw wonders how much I know, he thought suddenly. Fireheart's friend, Ravenpaw, Tigerclaw's own apprentice, had witnessed the murder of Redtail. Tigerclaw had tried to kill him, to keep him quiet, so Fireheart had taken taken him to live with Barley, a loner who lived near a two-leg farm on the other side of the Wind Clan's territory. Fireheart had tried to tell Ravenpaw's story to Bluestar, but the clan leader refused to believe that her brave deputy could be guilty of such a thing. As he glared at Tigerclaw, Fireheart's frustration returned. He felt as if a tree had fallen and pinned him to the ground. Without another word, Tigerclaw swung around and talked and stalked away. As Fireheart watched him go, there was a rustling sound from inside the warrior's den, and Graystripe poked his head out through the branches. What on earth are you doing? He meowed, picking fights with Tigerclaw like that. He'll turn you into all, he'll turn you into crow food. No cat has the right to call me disloyal, Fireheart argued. Graystripe bit his head and gave his chest for a couple of quick licks. I'm sorry, Fireheart, he muttered. I know this is all because of me and Silverstream. No, it isn't, Fireheart interrupted. 
And you know it. Tiger Claw is the problem, not you. He shook himself, scattering snow from his coat. Come on, let's eat. Greystripe pushed the rest of the rest of the way out and bounded to, toward the pile of fresh kill. Fireheart followed him, picked out a bowl, and carried it back to the warrior's den to eat. Greystripe crouched behind him, beside him, near the outer curtain of branches. Whitestorm and a couple of the other senior warriors were curled up asleep in the center of the bush, but otherwise the den was empty. Their sleeping bodies warmed the air, and barely any snow had penetrated the thick canopy of branches. Fireheart took a mouthful full. The meat was tough and stringy, but he was so hungry that it tasted delicious. It was gone far. It was gone far too quickly, but it was better than nothing, and it. And it would it would give him the strength he needed to travel to the gathering. When Greystripe had finished his meal and a few ravenous gulps, the two cats lay together, grooming each other's cold fur. It was a relief to Fireheart to share tongues like this with Greystripe again. After tr- after the troubling time when it seemed that Greystripe's love for Silverstream would destroy his friendship with Fireheart, evening through Fireheart was still worried about his friend, friend's forbidden affair, since the battle he and Greystripe had reconciled their friendship, so it was as close as before. They need to trust each other if they were going to survive the long se- season of Leaf Bear, and even more than that, Fireheart knew he needed Greystripe's support against Thyreclaw's growing hostility. I wonder what the what news we'll hear tonight, he murmured in his friend's ear. In his friend's ear. I hope River Clan and Shadow Clan have learned their lesson. Wind Clan won't be driven out of their territory again. Gray Stripes shifted uncomfortably. The battle wasn't just greed for territory, he pointed out. Prayers even scarcer than usual. River Clan are starving since the two legs moved into their territory. I know. Fireheart flicked his ears in reluctant sympathy, understanding that his friend would want to defend Silverstream's clan. But forcing another clan out of their territory isn't the answer. Greystripe muttered in agreement and then fell silent. Fireheart knew how he must have felt. It was only a few mo- moons since they had crossed the Thunderpath to find one clan and, and to bring them home. Yet Greystripe was bound to sympathize with the River Clan too, because of his love for Silverstream. There was no easy answers, but the shortage of prey would be a des- desperate problem for all the four clans, at least until Leaf Bear relaxed its, re- uh, at least until Leaf Bear relaxed its cruel grip on the forest. Growing drowsy under the steady rasp of Greystripe's tongue, Fireheart jumped at the rustle of branches outside the den. Tigerclaw entered, followed by Darkstripe and Longtail. All three of the, them glowered at Fireheart as they settled in a huddle closer to the center of the bush. Fireheart watched them through his slitted eyes, wishing that, that he could make out their conversation. It was too easy to imagine they were plotting against him. Fireheart's muscles tensed as he realized they would have they, he, that he would never be safe within his own clan while Tigerclaw's Tiger treachery remained a secret. What's the matter? asked Greystripe, lifting his head. 
Fire heart stretched, trying to relax again. I don't trust them, he murmured, flicking his ears in the direction of Tiger Claw and the others. I don't blame you, meowed Graystripe. If Tiger Claw ever found about, about, out about Silverstream, he shuddered. Fireheart pressed closer to his side, comforting him. While his ears still strained to catch what Tiger Claw was saying, he thought he heard his own name and was tempted to creep a little closer. But just then he caught Longtail's eye. What are you staring at, kitty pet? hissed the tabby warrior. ThunderClan only wants loyal cats. Deliberately, he turned his back on Fireheart. Fireheart sprang to his paws at once. And who gave you the right to question our loyalty? loyalty? He spat. Longtail ignored him. That does it, Fireheart meowed in a fierce undertone to Graystripe. It's obvious that Tigerclaw is spreading rumors about me. But what can you do? Graystripe sounded resigned to the deep, deep, deepest hostility. I want to talk to Ravenpaw again, Fireheart meowed. He might remember something else about the battle, something I could co- use to convince Bluestar. But Ravenpaw lives at the two-leg farm now. You'd have to go all the way across the one clan territory. How would you ma- explain being out of the camp for so long? It would only make Tyreclaw's lies seem like the truth. <coughs> Fireheart knew he was willing to take the risk. He had never asked Ravenpaw for any detail- details all those moons ago. At the time, it had seemed more important to get the apprentice out of Tigerclaw's way. Now he knew that he had to find out exactly what Ravenpaw said, because he was becoming more and more certain that his friend must know something that could prove just how dangerous Tigerclaw was to the clan. I'll go tonight, Fireheart meowed softly. After the gathering, I'm going to slip away. If I bring back fresh kill, I can say I've been hunting. You're taking a big risk, mewed Graystripe, giving Fireheart's ear a quick lick and an affectionate, a quick and affectionate lick. But Tiger Claw is my problem too. If you're determined to go, then I'm coming with you. The snow had stopped and the clouds had cleared away by the time the Thunder Clan cats. By the time the Thunder Clan cats. Wait. The snow had stopped and the clouds had cleared away by the time the Thunder Clan cats. Fireheart and Graystripe among them left the camp and headed through the forest toward four trees. The snow-covered ground seemed to glow glow in the white light of the full moon, and frost glittered on every twig and stone. A breeze blew toward them, ruffling the surface of the snow and bearing the scent of many cats. Fireheart shivered with excitement. Territories of all four clans met in sacred hollow, and at every full moon, a truce was declared for the clans to gather beneath the four great oaks that stood in the center of the st- steep-sided clearing. Fireheart fell in b- behind Blue Star, who had already dropped into a crouch to creep the last few tailings t- to the top of the slope and peer down into the glade. A rock. A rock reared up in the center of the clearing between the oaks, its jagged outline black against the snow. As Fireheart waited for Blue Star's signal, signal to move, he watched the other clan greeting one another below. 
He could not help but noticing the glares and rise hackles as Wind Clan faced the cats of River Clan and Shadow Clan. Clearly, none of them had forgotten the recent battle. If it weren't for the truce, they would be they would be clawing one another's fur. Fireheart recognized Tallstar, the leader of Wind Clan, sitting near the Great Walk Rock, with his deputy Deadfoot beside him. Not far away, running nose and mud fur, the mess and cats of Shadow Clan and River Clan sat by side, sat sat side by side, gazing at the other cats with eyes that reflected the moon. Beside Fireheart, Graystripe's muscles were tense, and his yellow eyes glowed with excitement as he stared down into the glade. Following his his gaze, Fireheart saw Silverstream emerge from the shadow. Her beautiful black and silver coat rippled in the moonlight. Fireheart suppressed a sigh. If you're going to talk to her, be careful who sees you, he warned his friend. Don't worry, Graystripe meowed. His front paws kneading the hard ground as he waited for the moment when he could be with the river clearing cat again. Fireheart glanced at Blue Star, expecting her to give the signal to to descend into the clearing. But instead he saw White Storm pad up and crouch beside her in the snow. Blue Star. Fireheart heard the noble white warrior murmur. What are you going to say about Broken Tail? Will you tell the other clans that th- that were sheltering him? Fireheart waited tensely for Blue Star's answer. Broken Tail had once been Broken Star, leader of Shadow Clan. He had murdered his own father, Ragged Star, and stolen kits from Thunder Clan. In relation, Thunder Clan had helped Broken Star Broken Star's own clan to drive him out 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 into the forest. Not long after, Broken Star had led a band of rogue cats to attack the Thunder Clan camp. In the battle, Yellowfang, the Thunder Clan medicine cat, had scratched his eyes. Now Broken Tail was a prisoner, blind and defeated, even through the former leader had been stripped of his Star Clan given name, and was kept under close guard. Fireheart knew that the other clans would expect ThunderClan to have killed him or driven him out to die in the forest. They wouldn't welcome the news that Broken Star was alive. Blue Star kept her gaze fixed on the cats in the clearing blow. I will say nothing, she replied to White Storm. It doesn't concern the other clan. clans. Broken Star is ThunderClan's responsibility now. Brave words, growled Taggerclaw from somewhere from where he sat on the other side of Blue Star. Are we ashamed to admit that we've d- what we've done? ThunderClan has no need to be ashamed for showing mercy, Blue Star ret- retorted coolly. But I see no reason to go looking for trouble. Before before Taggerclaw could protest, she sprang to her paws and faced the rest of the ThunderClan cats. Listen, she meowed. No cat is to talk about the attack or uh, no cat is to talk about the attack of the rogue cats or mention Broken Tail. These are matters for our clan alone. She waited until the meows of agreement came came from the assembled cats. Then she flicked her tail to a signal that the Thunder Clan cats should join the other joined the other clans below. She raced down through the bushes with Tigerclaw just behind her, his huge paws scattering snow. Fireheart bounded after them. As he slid out of the bushes into the clearing, he saw that Tigerclaw had stopped close by and was giving him a suspicious stare. Graystripe. 
I hurt his quietly over his shoulder. I don't think you should go off with Silverstream tonight. Tiger Claws already. Fire Fire Hurts only realized that Graystripe was no longer beside him. Looking around, he saw his friend disappearing behind the Great Rock. A heartbeat or two later, Silverstream skirted around a group of Shadow Clan cats and followed him. Fire Hurts sighed. He glanced at Tiger Claw, wondering if the deputy had seen him go. But the Tiger Claw had padded away to join one whisker from the from Wing Clan. Fireheart let his fur fly, lie flat on his shoulders again. Pacing restlessly across the clearing, Fireheart found himself near a group of elders, Patchbelt from ThunderClan and the others he did not know, crouching beneath a glossy-leaved holly bush where the snow did not lie so thickly. Keeping one eye out for Graystripe, Fireheart settled down to listen to their conversation. I remember a leaf bearer even worse than this. It was an old black tom who spoke. His muzzle turned to silver, and his flanks scarred with many, with many, from many a fight. He had the scent of wind clan on his short, patchy fur. The river was frozen for more than three moons. You're right, Crowfur, a tabby queen agreed, and prey was scarcer too, even for river clan. For a heartbeat, Fireheart felt surprised that the two elders were recent. Recently, hostile clans could not could talk could talk calmly without spitting hatred at each other. But then they were elders. He reflected, they must have seen many battles in their long lives. <clears throat> Young warriors today, the old black cat added with a glance at Fireheart. They don't know what hardship is. Fireheart scuffled among the dead leaves under the bush and gave and tried to give to look respectful. Patchbelt, cr- Patchbelt crouched close to him, gave him a friendly lick, flick with his tail. That must have been the season when Bluestar lost her kids, recalled the Center Clan leader. Fireheart perked up his ears. He remembered Dapple Tail saying something once before about about Bluestar's kids, who were born just before she came, became Clan deputy. But he had never learned how many kids she had had, or, or how old they were when she when they died. And do you remember the thaw that leaf bear, Crowfur interrupted. Fireheart's thoughts, his eyes unfocused as he lost him, him, himself to his memories. The river in the gorge w- rose nearly as far as the badger sets. Patchpels shivered. I remember it well. ThunderClan couldn't cross the stream to come here for the gathering. The cats were drowned, the River Queen remembered sadly. Pray too, Crowther added. The cats who survived nearly starved. May StarClan grant it's not so bad this season, Patchpelt mewed fer- fervently. Crowther spat. These young cats would never cope. We were tougher in those days. Fireheart could not help protesting. We have strong warriors now. Who asked your opinion? Growled the cranky old Tom. You're you're hardly more than a kid. But we... Fireheart broke off as the air was filled with a shrill yell and all the cats fell silent. He turned his head to see four cats on the top of the great rock. Silhouettes in the silver moonlight. <sighs> 
hissed Patchpelt. The meeting's about to start. He twitched his ears at Fireheart and purred softly. Take no notice of Crowfur. He'd find fault with Starclan. Fireheart gave Patchpelt a grateful look, tucked his paws under him, and settled down to listen. Tallstar, the one clan leader, began by announcing how his cats were recovering from the recent battle against River Clan and Shadow Clan. One of our elders had died, has died, he meowed, but all our warriors will live to fight another day, he added meaningfully. Nightstar flat, flattened his ears and narrowed his eyes, while Crooked Star let out a threatening growl from deep in his throat. Fireheart fur, Fireheart's fur prickled, as it, if the leaders started to fight, their cats would fight too. Had it ever happened at a gathering, he wondered? Surely not even Nightstar, ShadowClan's bold new leader, would risk the anger of StarClan by breaking the sacred truce. As Fireheart apprehensively watched the bristling cats, Bluestar stepped forward. This is good news, Tallstar. She meowed smoothly. All of us should rejoice to hear that Blank Clan grows strong again. Her blue eyes glowed in the moonlight as she glanced at the leaders of Shadow Clan and River Clan. Nightstar turned away from from her gaze, and Crookedstar dipped his head, his expression unreadable. It had been Shadow Clan, under Broken Star's cruel command, that had first driven one clan away, so that they could extend their own hunting grounds. River Clan had taken advantage of their exile to hunt in the, in the deserted air, territory, but after Broken Star, after Broken Star's exile, Blue Star had content convinced the other leaders that the life of the forest depended on all four clans and that one clan should return. Fireheart shivered as he remembered the long and difficult journey he had made with Greystripe to find one clan and bring them home to their bleak upland territory. That reminded him of how he meant to cross the uplands again to find Ravenpaw, and he shifted uneasily. He was not looking forward to, to he was not looking forward to the journey. At least Wind Clan is friendly towards Thunder Clan, he thought, so we shouldn't get attacked on the way. Thunder Clan cats are also recovering, Blue Star went on, and since the last gathering two of our princes had become, have become warriors. They will now be known as Dispel and Sandstorm. <laughs> Yells of approval came up from the massive cats below the great rock. Mostly, Fireheart noticed what from Thunder Clan and Wind Clan. He caught a glimpse of Sandstorm, sitting with her pale ginger head raised proudly. The gathering proceeded more peacefully now. Fireheart remembered the previous gathering when the leaders had accused one another of hunting outside their own territory, but no cat mentioned this now. A group of rogue cats led, led by Broken tail had been responsible but the news that these rogues had attacked the thunder clan camp and had been, had been sounded soundly defeated did not seem to have spread blue star's secret about, about blind broken tail was safe 
When the meeting was over, Fireheart looked around for Graystripe. If they were going to see Ravenpaw, they needed to leave soon, while the other Thunder Clan cats were still in the hollow and would not notice which way they went. Fireheart caught the eye of Swiftpaw, Longtail's apprentice, sitting in the middle of a group of young cats from Shadowclan. Swiftpaw looked away guiltily. At any other time, Fireheart might have called him over and told him to find his mentor for the journey home, but right now, all he cared about was finding Graystripe immediately. He forgot Swiftpaw as soon as he saw his friend weaving his way toward him. There was no sign of Silverstream. There you are, Graystripe called, his eyes shining. Fireheart could see that he had enjoyed the gathering. Through, he doubted that his friend had listened to much of the talk. Are you ready? He meowed. To go and see Ravenpaw, you mean? Not not so loud, Fireheart hissed, anxiously looking around. Yes, I'm ready. Graystripe meowed more softly. I can't say I'm looking forward to it. Still, anything to get Tigerclaw out of my fur. Unless you've got a better idea. Fireheart shook his head. This is the only way. The hollow was still full of cats, preparing to leave in four directions. No cat seemed to pay any attention to Fireheart and Graystripe until they had almost reached the slope and led to Winkland's upland territory. Then a meow sounded behind them. Hey, Fireheart, where are you going? It was Sandstorm. Uh, Fireheart shot a desperate glance at Graystripe. We were going the long way around. He improvised quickly. Mudclaw from Winkland told us about... aware of young rabbits just inside our territory. We thought we'd bring back some fresh kill. Suddenly alarmed by the thought that Sandstorm might offer to come with them, he added, Tell Bluestar, will you, if she asks, asks, asks where we are. Sure, Sandstorm yawned, showing a mouthful of sharp white teeth. I, I'll think about you. Dashing after rabbits when I'm curled up in a nice warm nest. She patted off with a flick of her tail. Fireheart was relieved. He didn't like lying to her. Let's go, he meowed to Graystripe before the other cl- cat before any other cat sees us. The two young warriors slid into the shelter of the bushes and crept up the slope. At the top, Fireheart paused for a moment, looking back at, to make sure they had not been followed. Then he, he and Graystripe bounded over the rim of the hollow and faced toward the moorland and beyond that, the two-leg farm. This is the only way, Fireheart repeated to himself as he ran. He had to find out the truth, not just for Redtail and Ravenpaw, but for the sake of the whole clan. Tigerclaw had to be stopped before he and the, he had the chance to kill again. And that's the end of chapter one. Next week, we will read chapter two. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Bye.